and welcome. Prepare your heart as we dive into the Word of God. Our desire at Beloved Church in Lena, Illinois, is to lead you into a life-changing encounter with grace and truth. Jesus Christ has a divine destiny perfectly orchestrated for those who are willing to be adventurous enough to receive His favor and blessing into their life. Our prayer is that you will allow the presence of the comforting Spirit of God to radically display the Father's love for you. You are a part of God's beloved family, and that means you are greatly loved. Now over to our guest minister for today. All right, Tom, come on up. I want to I wanna be done uh, so that uh, Tom can have all the time. Thank you. Thank you. Man, just when I uh, just when I thought I couldn't love this church anymore, you guys. Go, I know, man. So before you step you're down, you're more of a celebrity around here than Ryan, <laughs> <laughs> and he's like the most popular guy ever. So, um, Pastor is one of my top three heralds in my ministry. I've met over half a million people, and I admire this guy. And I stood with him. Not just I called him up. I preached about him. Uh, during the scam de- pandemic, and um, and so I love this guy. He's a true he- modern day hero. Okay, all right, <laughs> thank you. It's true. Thank you. <laughs> well, it's true. Uh, he's not kidding. When we when we went through what we went through, beloved church, listen, this is part of your history, your heritage. When we went through what we went through, when they tried to villainize us, shut us down, when we had bomb threats, shooting threats, when they were going to come and kill my family, um, and all that kind of stuff, when it was super terrible, I could count on two hands the number of people outside of beloved church that really legitimately stood with us. And this is one of them. So you're not... Uh, he's, he's not just some dude coming in here and preaching. This is somebody that literally carries some of our DNA, some of our passion, some of the reality of who we're supposed to be. And so I, I pray that you guys open up your heart and let Tom do... It. This service is now his, whatever he wants to do. To the degree that you open your heart, I assure you that there is going to be opportunities from heaven for your life. So, thank you. Please, Amen. God is good, and all the time, and the devil's bad, and all the time, he is bad the bone. Amen. The Vikings are bad too. They lost to the Bears four times in a row. It's embarrassing. Anybody here ever eat bear? What's it taste like? I had bear last night. It was a gummy bear. And it tasted sweet. So before I get into the sermon, I, I wrote a new song during this, the, the pandemic. Maybe you've heard of it. Elvirus. Elvirus. My lungs are on fire. For yeah, I should. I got slammed for that yesterday, but I still think it's funny. Turn your Bible to the book of Nehemiah chapter 1. Can you believe it? 
So when the lady came up and talked about Nehemiah chapter 1, I went, exactly. I was already turned to that. And so, it's going to be a great message. Jesus said in Matthew 16, 18, you don't have to look that up, but I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. And so I believe that God wants to build the kingdom. Say, build the kingdom. So one of my great heroes in the Bible is a man named Nehemiah. If you're a Bible scholar, you probably know he was the third shortest man in the Bible. He ed- Nehemiah. He edged out Bildad the Shuhite and Peter who slept on his watch. But I want to talk about Nehemiah. I want to encourage everybody to take out a piece of paper and pen to take notes. If you don't have one, look for a neighbor with a 50-pound purse. If it's a man with a purse, he's not from Leno, that's for sure. He's probably from Chicago or Madison. But anyways... So talk about one of my heroes. When I was in chemistry in eighth grade, I got good grades depending on who I sat next to. I had really good eyesight. And, and I learned one thing, don't copy pretty girls, copy intelligent ones. But if you get married, marry someone who's good looking and intelligent. Amen. Amen. How many men marry the best looking woman you could get? Whatever that means. Don't read into that, please. Nehemiah, chapter 1, verse 1. The words of Nehemiah, son of Hakaliah. In the month of Kislev, in the 20th year, where I was in the citadel of Susa. Hannah and I, one of my brothers, came from Judah with some of the other men. I questioned them about the Jewish remnant that had survived the exile and also about Jerusalem. Point number one. The word Nehemiah means to comfort. Whatever your dream is, whatever you're called to do, whatever the ministry is, it has to comfort people. How many of there's a lot of hurting people out there say, uh-huh? How many are one of them at times? People say, you know, um, one pastor told me, uh, I love the ministry, it's the people I don't like. And I'm like, uh, I love the people, but how many know people can hurt you? How many have ever been burned by someone? Now you're just a burnt offering. <laughs> and you can get hurt, and so we want to comfort people. So the purpose, one of the purposes of the Holy Spirit, he's called the great what? Called the great comforter. And so prophecy, the purpose of prophecy, edification, strengthening, and comfort. So Nehemiah's name means comfort. So, how many here want to comfort other people in their sorrows? 2 Corinthians 1, verses 3 and 4. How God comforts us in our sorrows so we can comfort other people in their sorrows. Because we all go through problems. Can't escape going through them. People need comfort and care. And that's a a great name you pick, Beloved Church, is to love people. If you don't love people, don't tell people you're a Christian. Tell them you're a Jehovah's Witness. Just kidding. <laughs> Met a Jehovah's Witness, and I asked them what their favorite rock group was back in the 70s. It was The Doors. <laughs> Thought I'd share that with you. So, uh, how many have a heart to comfort people? How many, get, how many feel compassion for others? Hopefully that you do. If you don't, you need to. You need the Holy Spirit to fill you because you'll have comfort for others. That's the purpose of... Having church and having meetings is for God to comfort people. And that's the foundation of ministry, is comforting others with the Holy Spirit. Now, as I preach, I stop in the middle and pray for people. Just a little word here and there, just to give people words of encouragement. Because I believe that God has a word for you. So I'm going to pray for the guy that had the trumpet sound. Why don't you <laughs> run up here real quick, stand right there. Would, would you all stretch forth your hands? And people, a few people want to put a hand on them. We're not worried about socialist distancing. Socialist distancing. Here we go. Father God, we pray for this man to do the work of an evangelist. I pray one day there'll be rows of people that actually come to church that he invited. We thank you, Father God. He's a warrior, hardworking. 
Not a whole lot of people can outwork this man because he has energy from God. Colossians 1.29 says that the energy works mightily in us. We thank you for Holy Spirit energy. Retirement? Never. You're going to keep on working for the glory of God. Then rise up like Nehemiah and build the kingdom. Yeah, can work with your hands. I thank God he's going to work with his hands, but it's based in the work in his heart because of what Jesus did on the cross and the resurrection. Empower and strengthen him. Let him never give up. And let him bring many people to God, even weird people, in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's give him a hand for that word in Jesus' name. Amen. So, I was in New York and somebody had a prophecy about jets. Anyway. Um, but I believe, pastor, before he gets a jet, I see you getting a helicopter. How many have ever been to Chicago during rush hour? I love Chicago driving. It's either nine miles an hour or 90. I mean, one time I preached in Wisconsin, had to drive down to Kankakee. The pastor said, let's go out to eat. I went like, it's kind of cutting it close. Sure, why not? Got in the car, slow traffic between um, Madison and Beloit. They're under construction. It always is. And uh, got past that to Rockford. I went 87 miles an hour on average for two hours. Jesus, 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 Jesus. And I was getting passed by people. It was a great feeling. I am German. I am Autobahn. Amen. Speed is my middle name. Yeah. I met a, a, a pastor that was Amish. Uh, he was a German shepherd. Even met a female Mennonite. That was confusing. Okay, somebody get that next week. Female Mennonite. Okay. Uh, point number two, the words of, the words of. So write down number two. You have to be able to communicate the dream. You have to communicate the calling. You've got to be able to communicate the gospel so people understand. Some people speak Christianese. Hard to understand what they're talking about. You've got to explain yourself. How many of you have a dream? Raise your hand. One of my favorite sermons I should write is, I have a dream. Somebody wrote it. can't remember what his name is. He's a Lutheran, Martin Lutheran. <laughs> But you've got to be able to communicate your dream. Anybody ever fly on airplanes? Anybody know the best seat in the plane for the best view? Well, next to the pilot, there's one even better than that. That's the second best. Yeah, it's a window, but which one? It's seat 3D is the best view. Because it's 3D. And the guy laughed. He said, don't be afraid to fly. Pontius was a pilot. I said, what do you want to order? I said, water. No limes. I don't want to get limes disease. That would tick me off. <laughs> he laughed at every joke. I have a new friend on Delta. I said, what do you do for a living? It's the number one ministry I've been wanting to meet for 30 years. World Vision. Sitting right next to one of their top guys. I said, what do you do for a living? Let me show you. But you've got to be able to communicate. How many words have power? Yes. You know? I like the pastor said, maybe you haven't seen it yet, but it's going to happen. Declare the promises of God. Call things that are not as though they were. Don't call it the way it is. Call it the way it's going to be. How many of you can destroy people with your words? Right? How many parents here have children? Well, that's a parent. Now, have you seen parents cut down their own kids? How dumb is that? They're your kids. They take after you, goofy. I was getting my hair cut one time, and this little kid is running around like little kids do. They run around, helps mom lose weight, trying to chase after him. Oh, where's the toddler? 
And this mom said, get over here, you little brat. And I looked at her and she looked at me and I went like this. What? Now. What? Did you call your daughter a brat? Well, yeah. Well, let me tell you why she's a brat. She takes after you. Acorn doesn't fall far from the tree. She's your own daughter, for heaven's sake. Speak life into her. Okay? You you can go now. Please go. How many think I did that? Oh, yeah. I did it. And I guarantee the next time she says, You little... Is that preacher here, man? That guy freaked me out. I mean... When you're coming to this church, you know you are loved. Right? You know that. If you don't know that, something's wrong with you. You're beloved. He speaks that, I bet, almost every Sunday. You're loved. You're cared for. It's not a mantra. It's the truth. I had like eight people trying to help me bring myself in. I thought it was downtown Chicago. People trying to help me. I mean, I mean, you know what I mean. They're from Pittsburgh. They're Steelers. <laughs> Good stuff, friends. I'm not as good a preacher as him. That's okay. He's a better. But anyways, we team up. And so the point is this, is that there's these great opportunities out there. Amen. And so Nehemiah knew how to talk. He knew how to communicate. So write down this point, the elevator story. should be able to share the dream, the calling, the vision of the church in one minute. I was in Atlanta, Georgia a couple years ago before the lights went out in Georgia. So they hung some innocent dude. And, could have been a song. And uh, there's a guy sat next to me and said, Look, Tim Tebow, my number one sports hero of all time. I walked up, Tim Tebow, Tom Stammen, man grip. <laughs> Amen. I said, Is it true somebody passed out in a plane and you prayed for him and God raised him from the dead? It's true. Is it true you went to a ball game and somebody passed out and you prayed for him and they got better? It's true. He said, are you missionary? I am. And he autographed my Bible. I can't read his name, but I can read John 3.16. But I forgot my newsletter. I was going to hit him up for a baseball field. He's kind of tight. That's a new one. you got to be into the sports. But anyways, um, the point I'm trying to make is this. You've got to have your words together. Does that make sense? What's your dream? How many of you have a big dream? Raise your hand. How many have at least a million dollar dream? How many have at least a multi-million dollar dream? How many have a ten million dollar dream? Right? There you go. See? How many need a Boaz to help you? In Spanish, Boaz, Enrico, y Enfriente. He was married to Ruth. A lot of truth in Ruth. Ruth had nothing. She was a Moabitess. She had nothing. Her sister-in-law, Orpah, I remember her, became the mother or grandmother of Goliath. Look that one up. And here she is. She had nothing to offer. But she married Boaz and became the great-great-grandmother of King David and an ancestor of the Lord Jesus. Amen? And so God wants to put those people in your path. But you've got to have it spelled out. You've got to share your dream. And remember, before Boaz was married, he was ruthless. <laughs> Most people don't have a Boaz. They have a bozo. Amen. All right, we're going to pray for Pastor. Why don't you stand up, Pastor? Why anybody just stand up out of respect for the man of God? I want to share a word. And here we go. All right.
a las naciones, to the nations. So let it happen. Father God, we thank you, for God, for this apostolic calling and anointing. <clears throat> you think you had problems facing your governor. Wait until you stand before kings of countries that don't want Christianity, but they're going to want what you guys have. Because one day they're going to be sick, they're going to go to the doctor, they're going to die, and he's going to lay hands and say, Jesus took care of everything. By his stripes, you were healed. I pray, God, for supernatural signs, wonders, and miracles. I have a prophet friend of mine. She prophesied that they would find um, oil, I believe it was in Kenya, and the next month in that mountain she prophesied they found oil. I pray for this man to be able to speak creative anointing, creative healings into people in Jesus' name. You need to have someone help you write your books. There's so many books spinning in your mind, you can't write them all down. You start writing one, and then write the second, and the third, and the fourth. So I pray for someone, maybe even in this church, that goes, I like to help you write. Somebody else can maybe do some of the research. So thank you, Father God, for divine connections with people. Most of us, including me, could only dream about talking to. They're going to be, you know, first name basis on your phone. So thank God for a man of influence. There will be a whole lot more emails of people contacting you and wanting to speak. Even people with mega ministries would go to Lena, but they hear about your church and they just want to be there. Get ready to have pastor's conferences right here and wait until you get the bigger church. This is just, just a taste of what God is doing. Get that helicopter so you can fly to Chicago and avoid the traffic. Amen. Amen. Let's give him a hand in Jesus' name. <coughs> need a helicopter to pull people out of hell. <laughs> Amen. So turn off your hell-a-vision. And get a vision. All right. The month of Kislev. In the 20th year. So, Oh, sorry. I skipped the point. In the words of Nehemiah, son of Hakaliah. Point number three is this. Who's your daddy? <laughs> Who's your daddy? Well, you need a heavenly daddy, God. But how many know you need spiritual daddies? Now, don't get it hooked up on the gender thing. Your spiritual daddy could be a woman. It doesn't matter. It might be younger than you. But how many here need mentors? So knowledge is learning from your mistakes. Wisdom is learning from somebody else's. I don't want to learn from my mistakes. I'm getting too old to learn from my mistakes. How many here are getting older? Raise your hand. Right? Age is mind over matter. If you don't mind, it don't matter. But I don't want to waste my time learning from my mistakes. I haven't got time for that. I want to learn from somebody else. Amen. Amen. It's foolish to come to meetings and not meet people. It's foolish not to ask for advice. How many here just don't know it all? Say, uh huh. Uh -huh. I was seventh grade. I thought I knew it all. My daddy was my math teacher. And he taught us pi r squared, and I disagreed. I said, Daddy, don't you know pies ain't squared? Pies is round. Brownies is squared. <laughs> How many remember Roy Rogers? Oh, yeah, Roy Rogers. He was kind of famous. He got in trouble in school. When he was a senior, he took a gun to class. He took a math class called trigonometry. <clears throat> he just didn't calculate it right. <laughs> Who's your daddy? So I'm always looking for someone to help me out. I've been a slow learner before. How about you? So, so for example, in Honduras, 2008, remember? 2008, the recession. When gas prices were four fifty nine a gallon, kind of like downtown Chicago now. Right? Things are going like this. I was praying for the rapture. We are in nine building projects on three continents. And I lost every donor over 100 bucks. Every single one. How am I going to feed these kids? And God said, don't ever build an orphanage without a farm. Okay, so we started farming. I didn't know much about farming. I have a BS degree in college. BS, it's a Bachelor of Science. Shame on you. 
in ministry, not agriculture. And so he hired an engineer, and, and uh, this year, in the next two months, within 12 months, or 12-month period, we'll produce 1.2 million eggs. It's pretty exciting, yeah. <clears throat> Had 56 baby pigs in the last two weeks. How goes to have a thousand pigs? <laughs> so I was talking to my engineer. I said, um, "Yeah, I want to get some. Uh, start raising our cows were thin and bony." He said, "You got to bring in Hosteins and Jerseys from uh, New Jersey and get real milk." And I went, "Okay, great." So we've got some black heifers. They're female cows, if you didn't know. And we're really hoping to get chocolate milk. <laughs> Keep us in prayer there, Amen. So who's your daddy? Who's speaking in you? The God says, I put apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers in the church to equip you to do the work of the ministry. Are you humble enough to learn from somebody else? Because the humble don't stumble. Here's another great quote. You want to increase your ability, you need more humility. You shouldn't teach if you're not teachable. I mean, I was talking to Pastor Day. Was I not taking notes of some of your stuff? Next time we get together, I'm just going to tape it. <laughs> Talk! I have nothing to say. Because he's got wisdom. There's a pastor in Madison, Wisconsin. It's called City Church. And, um, and so when I'm with Pastor Tom, I just tell him, you just talk. I have nothing to say. Just talk. And I take notes. How many here want to grow? Raise your hand. So here's a great quote. Bob, if you want to earn more, you've got to learn more. Right? Knowledge is power. Not to control people, but to grow, to help people. How many can say hallelujah? Well, we had a miracle last time I was here. I'm not talking about a healing miracle. Well, it was a healing miracle. It was a healing of your marriage. Right? So stand up. You're still together. I was hoping I was going to stand up. That's a miracle. There was a division, and now there's a unity. How many can say hallelujah? Hallelujah. I even saw them holding hands during the service. Went, How cute is that? <laughs> and I pray one day they'll be able to do marriage counseling. I also believe one day you're going to take in a kid. I see like foster care, adoption. It's the number one reason why the devil tried to separate you. Because they knew one day you are not have just your kids, but other kids that don't have family. And they're going to come in and get healed and loved on. They're going to say, you have the best marriage ever. And you're going to be like, you have no idea. <laughs> I think when I was here last time, we weren't even sitting together. Okay, right? And so now we thank God for what he's done. That there's not just going to just attend church, but there's ministry opportunities. Yeah, there's things in the past that if you have a disagreement, you'll be tempted to bring them up. And you're never allowed to go back more than 12 months. You cannot, well, back. No, no, that's territory that will never be explored again. Because you can't undo what's been done. We thank God for the marriage has been healed, and many other marriages will be healed too. Some of you are on the rocks instead of the rock. Maybe I ought to talk to them before it's over. Let's give them a hand for that word in Jesus' name. <laughs> so in February, a year and three months ago, uh, we had somebody stay at our Airbnb. And I was sicker than a dog for two weeks. You remember that. And guess what country they were from? They wear a mask. Back in February. What, what country? China. China. And I was sick. I could barely breathe. 
I did a mission trip down to Honduras, and he laid hands on me. A group of people laid hands on me, and I could breathe. Hallelujah. So my wife and I did some research, and we found the first person who caused the virus in China. His name is Ah Chu. (laughs) Everybody was kung fu fighting, but anyways. I got in trouble for saying that from one of my missionaries. I think it's hilarious. I'm going to keep saying it. If that offends you, you probably don't want to help me anyways. The point is, right? We need people to speak in our life. Amen. Let us keep going here. Uh, in the month of. Timing is everything. Uh, I don't have a lot of patience. I drive or fly about 270,000 miles a year. Yes, I do need an airplane or a helicopter. You're right. Um, 270,000 miles a year. So I don't have a lot of patience. I drive the left lane. So if you're in my lane, you need to move. It's my lane. I pay taxes in that lane. Right? And he's probably in the left lane too. Anyway, we probably passed each other back and forth. And I don't have a lot of patience. My, my wife's a medical doctor. She has a lot of patience. She really does. Ah, it's kind of a sick joke. I was in Black River Falls. They asked me to come and speak at the casino. One of the Native American ladies, but it's kind of a gamble, but I, I think I'm going to do it. <laughs> I love this church. They actually like my jokes. Bob, don't go like this. It hurts my feeling. <laughs> I only got one left. Don't, don't take it away from me, please. <laughs> Amen. Anyways, um, how many want things to happen today? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's me. I, I don't even know how to use the stove. It's a waste of time. If it doesn't microwave, I don't eat it. It's a waste of time. I'm in a hurry. I am a time freak. I am a time Nazi. Time to go. Get things done. Life is short. I had a, a person come into my meeting. It was a dwarf, and he got mad at me. He said I was looking down at him, but I, I really wasn't trying to, but it was kind of hard. But and the point is, is that we want things to happen now. So write this down. God takes his sweet time. Stay sweet. Even if you're Swedish. It's not for everybody. But the point is, how many have a big dream? Raise your hand. So, write this down. The bigger the dream, the longer it takes. So, we love Honduras. Viva Honduras! Viva. Sorry, a couple of Mexicans back there. I was, I was driving through a town in Iowa called Jefferson, Iowa. You ever heard of it? And I, and I, I was driving through it a couple years ago and I saw a starship. And I thought... We could build a city. Right. Amen. That was good. And uh, so, how do you build a city? Oh, forget it. How do you build, how do you eat an elephant? How do you build a city? One brick or one block at a time. So God said in 2011, "I want you to build me a city." <laughs> okay, I can't even build things out of Legos unless I'm in Nigeria. Legos, Nigeria. One of my favorite movies came out of Africa. It's called Ghana with the Wind. It's very awkward. Whatever. Okay, back to the point. And so, I want it today, and God says, no, 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 no. It's going to be a well. How many have heard of Kunis Otto? Kunis Otto? Have you heard of him? What's that? He's a friend of yours. He built our basketball court and our safe house. And it takes time. Some of you are like, I want God to do this. It takes time. Because write this down. God doesn't want your charisma gift to get ahead of your character 
who you are. One of the most dangerous things that can happen is God starts blessing people's giftings and it goes to their head and not their heart. And God wants you to have character. Say amen. How many here, God is working on your character? How many are sitting next to someone that God needs to work on their character? Please don't raise your hand. Just kind of go, I think he's talking about you. How many men are married to the second Holy Spirit? It's called your wife, and she will keep you on the straight and narrow path. Amen? Right. So, it takes time. So, don't lose your faith or your dream because it takes too long. Right? It takes time. Moms. Does it hurt to have a baby? Yes. And you had more than one. What are you thinking? <laughs> Aren't you glad it takes nine months to have a baby and not like nine weeks? We have like, you know, 900 billion people on the planet. And they live in Illinois. No, I mean, <laughs> so God has timing is everything. Some of you are like, well, I've been waiting for you. Sometimes it takes years to get stuff done. So don't get frustrated by that. Amen? All right, we stop. Pray for a young person. And um, I'm going to pray for the young lady in the pinkish, I don't know what color shirt that is. Some little kid's hanging on you. Yeah, you. Stand up and pray for you. Me? And how old are you? Thirteen. A couple ladies want to jump up, put a hand on her, want to pray for her. Here we go. I'm a little surprised she's not up here on the worship team. I'd like to see one day there to be a, where's, where's this worship leader? So many people in the church. There you are. A teen worship team. I think you might have a kid up here that might be about a teenager. Right? I see you say, now you have to kind of shine out, but really you're kind of bossy. <laughs> she loves to tell little kids what to do. Stop it. Don't touch me now. Behave. You're embarrassing me. She'd be a great babysitter, and she's pretty smart. I believe she's going to get scholarships going to college. Amen. And do you have any family here? Or do you drive the car by yourself at 14? <laughs> Right there? Okay. You have the right to veto any guy that likes her. And that's all of them. She sings beautiful, especially in the bathroom. Say Whitney Houston. So, and I pray for her to not just sing in the bathroom, sing in the church. Let's give her a hand for that word in Jesus' name. I was in Missouri um, about 20 some years ago and I prayed over a young man about, about your age and I said, I see you on the worship team. He says, I don't even play an instrument. 20 years later, which was two months ago, we ordained him in ministry as the worship leader. And so I see that happening. I think you could almost be famous and need to learn how to play an instrument. Amen. So, there you go. Amen. How many are glad you're part of this church? Yep. How many are glad you have an awesome pastor? If, if you don't like your pastor, you're a moron. <laughs> Write that down. I was in the citadel of Susa. So write this down. We need a safe place. It was a, it was a capital city. It was a leading city. It was a city of connections. And I heard you're going to go to Chicago. I feel safer in Honduras than Chicago. But hallelujah, somebody's got to go there and do something for God before it falls apart. Anyway, God help the mayor. Oh, Jesus, please. But let's not talk about that. Someone asked me why Jesus wasn't born in Washington, D.C. Probably couldn't find three wise men. (laughs) So anyways, so write this down to dream. Say dream. Dream. 
dream. You sing so much better than I do. You have to have a safe place. So write this down. You need to get away. So tomorrow, Monday, if you're not doing anything, we have our conference. It's a business. Entrepreneurs. And if you're a farmer, it's an entrepreneur. And, and preachers. You've been to our cabin in Iowa. And it's, it's a quiet place. Your cell phone doesn't work. Very good. Good. You can go a day without it once. You have to go online all the time. Sometimes you just need to get quiet with the Holy Spirit. Maybe you can do that at home. Great. Maybe you can't. We need to be around people that are safe, that don't destroy our dreams. How have you been around a dream stealer? Right? There's smoky bears that want to put out your fire. Probably relatives, but anyways. And just remember this, behind every successful man is a surprise mother-in-law. So the point I'm trying to make is... Uh, no. Are you in a safe... In- Thank you guys, I love you too. Are you in a safe environment? You tell people your dreams and they roll their eyes like they're demon-possessed, find somebody else to talk to. So I tell people this, and pastor, I tell you this, uh, uh, if you ever want to call and brag what God's doing, call me. I want to rejoice with you. A lot of pastors, a lot of wealthy people I know, successful people, uh, athletes, they don't have anybody to call when things are going really good. Christians are pretty darn good at having compassion, but not all that good and being happy for someone who has something better than you. I can't hear you. So when he was famous, on, I watched Fox News and CNN and different things. like, ooh, he's my hero. Get him. Preach the gospel on Fox News, too. That was, woo, baby. That was, a, I'm going, I, I, wow. I know that guy. Right there. Uh, he's my friend. I got his phone number. Hey. Woo. Right? See? So it's essential to be around safe people sometimes. You don't have to be on a battle every day. Sometimes you need a break. So here's a great word. Before the breakthrough, there's usually a breaking. How many been there? When we started getting slammed, I used to complain and pray for the rapture. Have a pity party, pity party and nobody showed up. And felt sorry for myself. And then I found out if I just give it a couple days, something good's about to come. I can't hear you. God's a master over your disaster. He's got to keep on keeping on. So take out your pen and paper, write down, who are the three safest people you know? They're happy for you, they'll pray for you, they believe God for you. They're safe people, right? They won't criticize you, cut you down. How many of you have been around negative people? Baptized in lemon juice. One lady said, sometimes I wake up grumpy, sometimes I let them sleep in. Okay, we're going to pray for the man there, right there. Stand up there. The man. Sorry. sorry. If you're, if you're a man, that's, you're, not a, you're, a pretty, you're a pretty good looking man for a man. But anyways, uh, we'll look at you later too. Sorry about that. Well, your face is turning redder than the red stars and stripes there. Stretch forth your hand. Let's pray for this brother here. Amen. And, you know, I'm kind of biased, but I had to hang around kind of manly men guys, you know, shake their hand. And they don't feel like you're shaking my wife's hand. You know what I'm saying? So he works hard and he's diligent. And Father God, I pray for a piece of property in the country. It's God's acres. It's God's plan. You're going to need a tractor to mow it. Hallelujah. And don't get a fake one. Get a real one. John Deere. Nothing red in your shed. Hallelujah. 
You see him having a whole big like a, a pole barn full of tools and a few toys. Tools and things to make money to build the kingdom in Jesus' name. He should be on a multiple mission trips in Jesus' name. We thank you, Father God. This man he has big dreams. But even around people that are, you know, they think little, 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 little. Thank God you're in a church. They think big. They think in the millions. They think in eternity. They think in, that God is omnipotent. can do anything. And so I thank you, Father, for being around those people. He can design things and he can create things. The devil tried to destroy you. The devil tried to take you down. There was dark times in your life. But the light of Jesus has begun to shine in. And you're not just existing. You're not just surviving. You are thriving and fulfilling the destiny that God has for you. We think that he's hardworking and diligent. And I even see you working your tail off and worshiping God. Saying, thank God, I'm a country boy. No, thank God, I have a good job. Thank God, I'm prospering. Thank God, I go to a good church. Because the devil tried to sever and cut off people that you love and care for. Shame on them. In Jesus' name. Amen. What do you think about that one? Amen. If I need a bodyguard, I'm asking you to help me. And that guy, too, is going like this with the beard, too, man. Talking to you. Come to Honduras. Go ahead and shoot him, protected by God. Amen. All right. Go in here. Han and I, one of my brothers, say the brothers. Thanks for sharing, brother. All right. Crying out to God. Um, so, um, to make the dream work, you need teamwork. So I love partnering with people. A lot of people don't want to partner with people. I've been burned by people. Somebody stole five properties from me last year, just before COVID. And, oh, well, whatever. And I just had to let it go. And you get burned by people. But, but I really like to partner with people. Do you like to partner with people? Do you like to work together with people? So I met the guy from Kenya. Kenya, tell me your name. Thank you. Anyway, you caught that. And uh, I have a friend of mine named Dr. Waka Waka Hughes. He made me from Cameroon. He's a professor in Canada, eh? And uh, I want to partner with people. See, a lot of ministries are exclusive. They're not inclusive. Well, you know, to be a part of us, you got to... Go to the right cemetery seminary. To be a part of us, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta. And they make it so, so many hoops, Jesus can't even come to their church. I can't hear you. Well, you're a woman, you can't do much but tithe and have babies. There's places like that nowadays. Oh, you're one of them. I don't like the way you voted. I mean, on and on and on and on. So write this down. Sometimes you have to agree to disagree. Because we're brothers. How many of you ever had a conflict with someone that you loved? It's amazing how close to the edge of the bed you can sleep when you're mad at your spouse. One lady came to church. I said, ma'am, you have your ring on the wrong finger. She said, I know. I married the wrong guy. Just, anyway. So, God wants us to work with the brothers. Can you work together? Together. T-W-O, gather together. You want God to expand your network? Expand your love? Not like... Oh my gosh, they're competition. And in the kingdom of God, there should never be competition within the kingdom. It's competition outside of the kingdom. So when pastor's successful and knows Andrew Womack invited his conference, I'd never been invited to. And he told me that, I didn't go like, what about me? I'm like, I know a guy who spoke at Andrew Womack's conference. Yeah. 
I know it sounds kind of weird, but it's okay. The point I'm trying to make is, don't be jealous of people you choke the blessing of God. Because what God did through somebody else or for somebody else, He can use you. I can't hear you. Wow, look what God did. Woo! I want that. I don't want yours. I just want something just like yours. I don't, I buy, nobody's ever prophesied buy me a nice car that I actually like. I have rentals. I've been renting for 12 years. Yeah, it, it hurts. It really does. One of my friends is a semi-truck driver, just retired. Now he's semi-retired. If you wave your head one more time, sir, you're going to hurt. The only little feeling I have running through my body... You do it. You're still doing it. Please get get delivered, please, sir. Yes, push his head forward and backward like that. There you go. There you go. We all need encouragement. Jesus, help these people. Me. All right. So, are you able to work with someone you don't always agree with? Besides marriage. No, I'm not. Now, my wife and I, we have a great relationship. Um, usually, in marriage, someone has is the gas pedal. Another one's a break. Huh? Huh? So, for my wife and I, it's... And? No. It's gas pedal and gas pedal. Woo! Let's do it. Okay, what are you doing? Yeah! Woo! And that's crazy, but that's how we get along. Right? And so God wants you to be able to get along with people and work together, even though you might disagree a little bit. I can't hear you. Some of you might like the Bears and some of you might like the Packers. Ooh. We have some people from Pakistan stay at our Airbnb. They try to convert me to Islam. I said, no, thank you. My wife would kill me. No, anyways, uh, so they're trying to convert me to Islam. No, that's okay. They're actually they're, so they're, they're from Green Bay. They were Green Bay Pakistanis. Okay, all right, back to the point here. I question them, so write this down. You writing down? Taking notes? Okay. When you're around successful people, kayati la boca. Zip the lip. Shut up. Don't talk. Ask questions. Well, no, I'm not trying to build you up, but you're one of my heroes, so I'm going to do it. When I'm around him, I don't really have a lot to say. I want to learn from him. Right? He went to Hillsdale College. Wow. Took classes or whatever. I mean, that's awesome. I like that. The point I'm trying to make is this. When you're around successful people, think, what can I learn from this person? I was preaching in Hawaii in February. I did that once a year. Suffer for Jesus. I don't know why I feel that to go there. I pray for global warming in Minnesota. It never works. Okay. So I'm in Hawaii about uh, 10 years ago, and a guy walks in. This guy's huge, man. His uh, muscles on his eyeballs. He walks in. Look at that dude, man. He's huge. So I called him up. I got to find out what God has to say to him. Got done. His name is Dennis Tinarino. Have you ever heard of him? You haven't heard of Dennis Tinarino? Ah, oh, probably not. But you probably heard of the guy he beat out for Mr. Universe, Arnold Schwarzenegger. I saw you in magazines. Mr. Universe. Exactly. And so, da, da, da. So, we went out to eat afterwards, and I couldn't wait to be around Dennis Tinarino. I mean, he's famous. He preached at, big Christian preached at 
big church in Florida, and on and on and on. And he wrote a book, and can't wait to hang out with him. And some lady set, came, unfortunately, and somebody invited her, which they wouldn't. She did all the talking. She talked about angels. I saw angels. That's great. Dennis Tino is here. Talk about angels next week. Oh, I saw it. That's great. Great. Dennis is here. She hogged the whole conversation. I started praying that she get laryngitis, but God didn't hear that prayer. <laughs> so what is to talk in Spanish? Help me out here. To talk in Spanish? Habla, right? So if you talk a lot, it's ah, blah, 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 blah. That's my Spanish joke, bro. I want you to smile that. And so anyway, she's talking. And I went, you know what? I could have been around. I called Dennis that next week and he died of a heart attack. I never got a chance to talk to him. Because the lady did all the talking. So be careful of doing all the talking. I mean, you're with your pastor or you're with a famous preacher, like Andrew Womack. Don't tell him about your kids' ministry. You know, under three. I mean, that's great. But you need to learn. Say learn. You need to ask the right questions. So the best question to ask your pastor is, what can I do for you? Now this lady here I'm going to pray for, we wrap it up here in a few minutes. She's in the back. She's got purple on. She's got glasses on. Yeah, she's the one right there in the purple. Yeah, you know, you'll get one person with purple on. It is purple, right? Why don't you stand up? And she is fiery. Wow. She can preach. Oh, yeah. She could be a coach. And she's not afraid of people. She walks in authority and anointing. She can cast out devils, lay hands on the sick. I'm surprised she's not ordained with you yet because she's called to be in ministry. She'd be a great counselor, a social worker. You fight injustice. You fight evil. And so you and uh, Dr. Hughes okay, need to connect together and need to build something in Kenya. Amen. So I pray for these opportunities to travel around the world and preach the gospel. I see your passport. Stamp, 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 stamp. So let her be healthy and strong and bold as a lion. She is unafraid. Let's give her a hand in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 I mean, you could teach at a college, really, someday. Yeah, that'd be great. All right, a couple more things. We'll wrap it up here. Amen. Um, two things. Survive the exile. Two more things. How many of you ever had a bad day? Raise your hand. How about a bad week? How about a bad month? How about a bad year? <laughs> How about a bad life? <laughs> uh, you're unlucky. Okay. <laughs> I mean, ever say it can't get any worse than it does? <laughs> right? Ever feel like you hit bottom and somebody throws you a shovel? <laughs> so, March... Last year, we heard that it was a virus that you can't even see. And stay home and our governor. You heard of our governor of Minnesota? He's not very famous. His name is Tim Jong-un. Tim Jong-un. He's from North Korea, Minnesota. His nickname is Dick the Tater. His kids are tater tots. It's kind of like your governor. Tony Forever Never from Wisconsin or... Well, your governor in Illinois is actually in the Bible. Acts chapter 9, Acts chapter 26. Jesus said it's hard to kick against the... Stop, stop. Don't say it out loud. Shame on you. That was a setup. Most people don't even know that verse. But anyways, it's in the Bible. Dude. That guy in the black shirt's going to have a heart attack. Please don't die on me right now. Anyway. And so our governor said, stay home and starve to death because you're not essential. I got orphans to feed, so I thought about starting a roofing company, but it was over my head. 
So there's a flooring person here. Who's the flooring person? Who's the flooring person? I, I thought about starting a flooring business, but it was beneath me. Okay, keep going here. We're almost done. Uh, the point is, we just took in 18 new children. We have 72 children full time. So people, I'm, I'm on airplanes. I talk to people in Spanish. I say, yo tengo 60 hijos. I have 60 children. And the lady said, you mean you have six children? She must have thought I looked like a gringo. You mean you have seis hijos? I know Spanish. Yo tengo 60 hijos. I have 60 children. I, I, I don't want to leave her hanging. I said, por diferentes madres. By different mothers. Yeah. She kind of gave me a dirty look because there's men in Honduras that have 60 kids by different moms. <laughs> I said, you're right, I'm not that good looking. Yo tengo por diferentes padres. Yo tengo un orfanato. By different dads, I have an orphanage. <laughs> and she ate all her food. I was disappointed. So, anyways... And so, so then we're shut down, can't leave. You remember like that, right? Unless you get your hair cut. Oh, I'm sorry, that was, your, that was the mayor of Chicago. That's okay. Or Nancy Pelosi. Okay. The rest of us had to stay home and just have weird-looking hair. And anyway, and our budget was the highest it has ever been. We have now 72 children, and I had 75% cancellations. How are you going to feed the kids? Yeah, I know the Lord, but He takes money to feed the kids, and money doesn't come from, comes from people, unfortunately. Right? He doesn't, God doesn't print money like the government. Anyway, <laughs> it was a part of the $1.9 trillion plan, but and I, you know, I'm you know, it's challenging. And thank God, good churches helped us, and our, we have a great farm that provided almost all the food and got through it. So getting through it, I get a letter from the city next to us in Honduras, and they sued us in May, last year, to put in a new septic system, wastewater treatment plant that's going to cost $100,000. How many here have a hundred grand you'd like to invest in a septic system for a city? A hundred grand. Nobody raised their hand. And, um, I mean, you know what it's like to raise money for a septic system? It's like throwing your money down the toilet. <laughs> totally stinks. It really does. And anyway, this is good stuff. Okay, a hundred grand. I'm going. Okay, here we go again, Lord. <laughs> and I put it in the newsletter, and a guy called me up and says, uh, "I don't think we're, there's going to be retirement down the road. Anyways, they're probably going to take all my money. So I'm just going to give you." He paid for half of it. We raised the other money. Raised it in one month. And they're putting it in the sewage lines right now. However, I talked when I didn't have the money. I talked to my engineer, city engineer. I said, "Why is it?" That our next door city, have you been there? Did you see the sewage system? Do you know where it runs? The city runs right through our property, the gray water, through our property into the river. I went, why do they get to do that? <laughs> he said, Tomas. Hello, hola. You have three problems. Number one, you're white. That makes sense. Number two, you're a gringo. And most of all, number three, you're white and a gringo. And that's why you have to pay and they don't. Isn't that exciting? It was hard. Say hard. Muy difícil. Well, how many here have had some hard times? I can't hear you. How many here have ever had a financial problem? Wherever two or three are gathered together, there's a financial problem. Amen. Okay, one more point after this. I'm going to get the guy in the back laughing. Black shirt. I think it's your relative, is it? Right? 
You. Yeah. Bring your daughter next to you up here, too. I'm sorry, I made a mistake. Come on up to the front. Would you all stretch forth your hands? Let's pray for him. And here you go. I'm so glad you came. And here you go. The guy's a lot of fun, too. He likes to get things done. And um, I know that preaching isn't your number one thing, but I can see you teaching and talking the Word of God. So, God, I pray for him to be able to speak and encourage people. I like to see him have um, some really fancy places to go, but most of all, things to drive all to the glory of God. Maybe you can help me find a nice car. So thank you, Father God, for him to be, meet some famous people, and he's humble about it. Thank God he stood by this church during those tough times. God brought you here, and we thank you, Father, for that. Pay for every debt to be paid off. See, having a big, big, big pole barn, big pole barn, lots of stuff in there. God, thank you. They've taken the wealth of the wicked, and you're laying it for this man and his bride. In Jesus' name, let them love to give. Let them love to serve. He's a busy man. You're only going to get busier. Maybe one day you'll influence politics. Wouldn't that be interesting? So God, I pray for him to be a man. He has strong opinions. I pray you'll share them. Be bold, be loving. But don't ever back down. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, my friend. Amen. One more point. I wanted to buy a Ford, but I just couldn't afford it. Uh, Chevy. Some said you ought to get a Chevy by the levee and it might be dry, but you can have some pie afterwards. But uh, Thank you, people. I'm older. My jokes are older. I'm not young like Pastor. Last point, then we'll wrap it up here. <laughs> I, Pastor, I'm here to make you look good. How's it feel? They're going to like, we want the real preacher back next week. <laughs> He's back. You're like, thank God. <laughs> wow. So, some of you know my wife. And she has a great accent. She said to me one day, I'll be back. I said, I'll be Beethoven. <laughs> Anyway, last point. He sat down and wept. Last point is this very important point. Write this down. What makes you cry? What makes you cry? I mean, I'm touched. You have tears in your eyes because you love your bride. I don't think tears are weakness. Now, some people use them for manipulation. But I don't think it's weakness if you have meekness. They that sow in tears will reap with joy. Something should bother you. The problem is some people have no compassion and they're Christian. They don't care. I mean, I meet them all the time. It seems the wealthier they are, the less they care. They may say they care, but it comes down to their actions. They obviously don't care. What makes you care? Now, some people die over an animal. I, I get it. But not have any compassion over a human. But they did a survey a couple years ago of, of the four groups. Who would you save first? You know, men, women, dogs, or babies. What came first? No, it's better than that. Babies, but, but what came second? Dogs. What came third? Women. At the end of the guys, because we don't need any more of them. And lack of compassion. What makes you have tears? A number of years ago, I got a phone call. My wife and I, we were having a um, uh, mission trip. Had 85 people, the biggest trip we ever had. Stop, come to the hospital. There's four kids that need a place to live. And one's been burned so bad, the doctor said, let her die. So we went there, and a group of people, 
We had a teenager, we shouldn't have brought her because she just bawled her eyes out, because burn marks all over this little girl. And the doctor says, she's going to die, just let her die. And my wife said, she will live and not die. And we spent money we didn't have. Here's the credit card, paid for blood transfusions. Not even our kid got custody. Her mom used to take the kids and put their heads in pails of water to get them to stop crying. I mean, they're abused. The little girl's 20 months old, losing her hair. And uh, nobody could hardly hold her. She tried to touch her. She pushed her hands away like this. And some of our friends from uh, Chicago, she was Hispanic, and she walked into the crib and said, Te amo, tu eres muy preciosa. Um, I love you and I care for you and on and on and on. And that little girl raised her little hands like this, hugged her. Now she's eight years old and won the wrestling tournament. <laughs> Amen. Got an email from Rockford and this lady said, I just rescued three girls from the streets of Rockford, Illinois out of prostitution and abuse. Sent the pictures and she said, and I couldn't find a place to put them. And they all committed suicide. Thought I'd let you know that. Well, what do you do with that? That's why we're finishing our safe house in Missouri. That's why we're going to expand it. That's why we're building one in Iowa, etc., etc. Because it's time to do something for God. How many can say amen? amen? I had a friend of mine. I said, do you, do you ever cry? He says, no. Do you have any compassion for what I'm doing? I mean, you're very wealthy and successful. I mean, I've been your friend for 20 years. You've seen my videos. You've seen this and that. Do you have any compassion? No. Does anything make you cry? Not really. There's a lot of Christians like that. They've been so desensitized by watching movies. By watching the news. That's just another kid getting shot. Another kid getting hurt. Another kid starving. Oh, well, it's not my kids. Well, one day it might be your kids. And you want to have a little compassion. How many can say Amen. I had one lady say to me one time, she says, you work too hard. If your kids starve to death, it's okay. Well, it wasn't long that her daughter had an overdose. She called and I heard she needed prayer. I could have said, ah, a lot of people die of overdose. Just let your daughter die. I didn't say that. No sensitivity, no compassion. But how many know Beloved Church has a lot of tears? We have joy. We have fun. And there's time to cry. And so I pray that this church has mega compassion in Jesus' name. Amen. Everybody, your head, shut your eyes. Get ready for the PowerPoint. And um, I want to ask you a question. Are you ready to meet Jesus? God doesn't want anybody here to go to hell. That's what makes me tear up the most, is people that can be lost for eternity, however you see that. Everybody's eyes shut. I mean, you can see your eyeballs still. Are you ready to meet Jesus? You need to give your life to Jesus. You need to see the doubt to vida Jesus Cristo. If you need to give your life to Jesus, I want you to raise your hand on the count of three. If you need to give your life to Jesus. Don't be lost. There's already a hand in the air. Keep it up there. I'm going to count to three. If you need to give your life to Jesus, there's a second hand going in the air. I see a man put it up there. There's a third hand. Keep it up there high as you can. Put it in the straight in the air. There's a fourth hand. And count to three. If you need to give your life to Jesus, if you do, raise your hand as high as you can on the count of three. Ready? One, two, Three, raise your hand as high as you can and give your life to Jesus. Let me count the hands. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine people. Amen. Everybody put your hand on your heart. Put your hand on your heart. Everybody pray. Say Jesus. Jesus. Come on, say his name like you mean it. Jesus. Jesus. Save me. Save me. Forgive me. Forgive Come in my heart. Wash away my sins. I believe in Jesus. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. He, died for me. he died for me. 
and rose from the dead. And he's coming again. Thank you for the finished work of the cross. So I can go to heaven. And be with God forever and ever. And bring the heaven right now in my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give the Lord a hand. Amen and amen and amen. All right. Okay, PowerPoint. Ready? No, that's the video. The video is after the PowerPoint. What's that? Somebody want to get Mr. Faith? That's the video. There should be a PowerPoint and a video. So, while we're waiting for that, we will pray for somebody here. Um, I'm going to pray for, there's a guy going to scratch himself right like that. Blue shirt. You, stand up. Would you all stretch forth your hands? Hopefully they'll get that PowerPoint figured out. They need to. All right, let's pray for him. And lay next to you is your... Stand by your man. There you go. Father God, we thank you for this man. I pray for just super motivated compassion. God, I pray that you use his hands to bring the love of God. I pray, God, he'll rise up and build like Nehemiah. Here am I, send me. God, I know that, you know, he's not going to sit in church for eight hours a day and pray and worship, but he will go work with his hands and build something for the kingdom. I also pray, Father God, if there's any stuff they need to get rid of, get rid of it. Stuff that just gets in the way. So I pray, Father God, for this man to be a man of focus, Josiah, who didn't go to the left or to the right, but God stayed focused on the ways of his father David, that he'd have mentors and coaches, that he walk out of here encouraged, saying, here am I, God use me. Whether it's a mission trip, helping out the church, visiting people, it's working with his hands, he's going to be creative and build the kingdom. In Jesus' name, the devil tried to kill you and he missed. You should have died. It was over. And God brought you back to be more effective and productive than ever before. He's giving you another life to live. And you're going to give it all you got for God. In Jesus' name. How's that sound? All right. All right. Okay. You guys got it yet? Now you got it. I want to turn off the lights. Thank you. Maybe nervous. I'm starting to a little anxious. All right. Tap the first one. Pass the first one. There you go. Uh, in Hawaii, they take little girls... And they, from Asia, and they sell them into trafficking. And when they're done with them, they throw them in the lava pits. So we have finished putting the gravel on, which is very expensive. We're getting ready to put in the plumbing and then build a building that will house about 25 girls. There's not a safe house on Hawaii in the Big Island. Next. And Wisconsin Dells, about 4 to 5 million people go to the Dells every year. It's about a 5 square mile radius tap. And we built this center, and the bathrooms are being put in. And the kitchen, and by the end of the year, by the end of the summer, we should have it open to be able to use for conferences and teaching people how to share their faith. So you might want to run up there. I go there on vacation, and the money is going to go to fund the orphanage in Honduras. It's right on the river, seven minutes from downtown. And we even had a farmer show up. It was a farmer in the Dells. Next. (laughs) In Osage Beach, Missouri, uh, we have 120 acres. We have a family I met at Bible Camp 43 years ago. They live at the house next. And right there, the women's shelter, the flooring is done today. They did it yesterday. They're putting in the doors. And it be a three-bedroom, two-bathroom safe house. And it's not big enough. We're going to expand it to five and four. Next, we also are putting a Bible camp in the front of the property because it's 120 acres. And the building is 6,000 square feet. We'll be able to have church and homeschool and Bible camp. 
In the front of that, you can't see it. There's a dorm. We finished that. My wife's been gone. She hasn't had a chance to put the picture up there. And we're building our second dorm. The cement's done, and we're working on putting up the sides and the roof next. So it'll be a Bible camp. In Plover, Iowa, the only town with love in the middle, besides Love's Park, it's Plover. And so we're turning that church into a nine-bedroom, five-bathroom safe house. So if you want to do a mission trip and not have to go overseas, we've got a lot of work to do next. In Honduras, next. And can we just give Beloved a hand for going to Honduras with us? In Honduras, we have 40 cows. Next. Milk is $6 a gallon. People make 8 bucks a day. So they can't afford to buy milk. We are putting in dairy barn number two across the river. That breaks ground in about four to six weeks. Next. Um, these are lawnmowers. Next. Uh, this year we will raise 20,000 tilapia. Uh, they're not here tonight. They're in school. Next. We've had um, 56 baby pigs in the last two weeks. Uh, we've had over 150 baby pigs in the last year. Next. And this is a Berkshire boar from the U.S. Next, we're going big league. Um, this year, we'll raise 10,000 meat chickens. We get 100 dozen eggs a day. Next, in Honduras, we just brought in 3,100 baby chicks. Within 12 months, we'll raise 1.2 million eggs. Next. Uh, we have pig barns that can house up to 600 pigs. Next. And we have vegetables. Next. In Honduras, we have um, cucumbers. Next. And we have over 1,000 fruit trees. And they just produced 2,500 lemons last month. We're putting in another 1,000 fruit trees, bananas, cashews, next, and mangles. Does anybody here like mangles? Wow, they're dangerous. They can fall on you and you can get mangled next. (laughs) This is our corn and bean field. We feed hundreds of people off that next. We also raise watermelon next. And we also raise grass. And this type of grass for um, animals, not people. Okay, this state's going to pot. Next. We have our own butcher shop, about the size of your sanctuary. Next, we butcher all our own meat. Next. When our boys graduate, we do not kick them out. We give them a choice. College, military, furniture making, and welding. Next. Girls can go to college, or they can work in the mall. We have a beauty shop. And may ever play pickleball? It's a Jewish sport. Kosher pickleball. Next. Girls can go to college, too. Um, here's where the girls live in the dorms. Next. Here's where the boys live next. Here's the little girls live next. On the top of the hill, we're finally putting in the bathrooms for a 200-bed dormitory, the biggest one in the nation for kids. We might turn it into a YWAM base. Maybe you've heard of YWAM next. Um, the blue building is our multipurpose office building next. And we have a wrestling mat from Sioux City, Iowa next. How many have heard of the Fellowship of Christian Athletes? The top guy from Kansas City came to our place before covid Said, you guys got the best gym in the country. Next. Uh, we have two soccer fields. Anybody here like soccer? A couple people. Uh, my wife gets a kick out of it. <laughs> Next. Um, pray for Honduras. Been a major spike in Honduras. It is in volleyball. Kids always say, you're hitting it too hard. I just tell them to move. Next. There's 25,000 people. One doctor. She works for us at the only medical clinic. Next. Um, we have a chapel for preaching in the mountains next. And we have a mechanical shop. Remember, Pastor, when it's 30 below here, it's 80 there. We have a mechanical shop next. And we have a grocery store, a restaurant, and a bakery. We have over 100 employees. So we're the number one employer 
uh, in the 25,000 area of people next. Here's our apartment complex next. We have three of them. Uh, how'd you guys like the hotel? It is a nice hotel. We designed it for the princess and you. If you want a real mission trip, you can sleep next to the pigs. And they smell like money next. Bacon, right? We have three baptismal tanks. You can get sprinkled, dunked, or water slided. Next. Our kids during COVID made food. They played sports. Next. And here's our new missionaries from Indiana. We used to pastor in a town called, maybe you've heard of it, Winnebago, Illinois. Next. Here's our kids praying for their country. There's 36 nations on the brink of starving to death. Honduras is one of them because of the pandemic. And they had two hurricanes back to back. Next. During the Olympics, our kids won 60% of the medals. And we were on national TV. Next. Kids love sports. Next. And volleyball. Next. And somebody donated from Milwaukee 40 pairs of rollerblades. First week, one broken leg, one broken arm, but they are getting better. <laughs> we call them holy rollers. <laughs> so guess who scored the first two goals in the history of Honduras street hockey? My wife and I. We beat out the eight-year-old girls. It was an amazing game. <clears throat> Next. Tap. Education. Next, we have a school K through nine. Good news. We just finished the agricultural uh, classroom for college. We're going to teach the Bible, agriculture, medical, computers, and business. Next, they're working on the cafeteria for the college. For now, I'll talk about what they're going to work on. Now, we're going to switch things. Okay. Uh, this is our welding college. Next, the walls are up, and they're getting ready to put on the roof. First kid that signed up, his name is Elder, and he wants to be. A welder. He's elder the welder. <laughs> Can't even make it up. Next. We have an art room. Art heals the heart. So if you want to go on a mission trip, you can do all these things. Next. And we have over 87 instruments, including a guy who came to my meeting in Decatur. He became teacher of the year last year in Illinois. And he stood before your governor in the, in the Congress and said, I help an orphanage in Honduras to your governor. Next. Hope to get a check. But anyways, um, we play chess, not video games next. Uh, we dug two water wells, since you guys were there, 49 feet deep and 114 feet deep by hand. Yeah, exactly. Next. <clears throat> we have farmhouses. Uh, three of them are almost done next. One of them is. Our, this is where our missionaries live next. And our new farmhouse is almost done. Another month and a half next. And here's our kitchen. It's almost done. And we finished our cook's apartments. Next, got to update the photo. How many have heard of Kunis Auto? They built that basketball court, and they're building the safe house in Missouri. Next. Um, during COVID, we fed 7,400 people. Next. We had 18 new kids before COVID. Next. We have 72 children. Next. And we have over 100 employees. Next. This is my wife, Dr. Teresa. Just got back from Peru. We're getting ready to break ground on a medical clinic in Peru. Next. The guy on the right needs prayer and counseling. Is there any hope? We really don't know. <laughs> Next. Here's what it place looked like in 08. Next. And that's what it looks like today. Yeah. <laughs> Viva Honduras. Okay, so we'll show you this quick four-minute video in Honduras. Let's take four minutes. Go ahead and tap that and 
Hopefully the sound works. If it doesn't, I'll narrate it. Go ahead and start it. Perspective. A particular attitude towards or way of regarding something. Angle, point of view, mindset, frame of reference. Perspectives tend to vary in accordance with where one happens to be sitting or standing. Super spreader. Time and experience affect perspectives as well. What began in 2008 is a simple effort to rescue 21 orphans from the streets of Honduras and place them in a ramshackle structure with faulty wiring, an outdoor kitchen, and almost no functional plumbing has become so very much more. It has become a community, a city if you will, a city of refuge. This is Adriana in 2008. She was 13 when she was rescued from the streets of Honduras. Now she's in medical school. Isabella and Naomi were like two little cotton balls in 2008. Now they're more like fireballs and insist on being called Carmen and Guadalupe. Alex was just five when he first arrived after his father tried to set him on fire. Alex is a born leader. Unfortunately, at the moment, he's also 15. Amen. This is Tanya. She was shy in 2008 and she's still shy now. Tanya's big brother Juan is of a similar disposition. In fact, ambush proved to be the only viable tool for getting a shot of him for this video. These are just a few of the many IMI success stories. But not everything is roses. Henry was 11 in 2008. He had a different perspective and left the abject safety of the orphanage for what he thought were greener pastures. He was subsequently stabbed to death on the very streets from which IMI tried to save him. While the possibilities for a child's long-term success at the City of Refuge are limitless, the failure rate for children to leave is at least 80%. We think this is unacceptable. But as it turns out, IMI's impact is actually broader and more far-reaching than even we realized. La Bestia sometimes called the death train, is the illegal immigration express upon which tens of thousands of South and Central Americans have risked life and limb in hopes of finding a better future for themselves and their children in America. We've heard a lot about gangs and gang violence as consequences of illegal immigration. What many do not realize is that South and Central American boys are always targets for gang recruitment. In fact, they risk the lives of their families and loved ones if they refuse to join. It should be no surprise that so many of them make a run for our border. As it turns out, there are several people here at the City of Refuge with first-hand experience on La Bestia. Gustavo and his brothers ride 45 minutes on their bicycles to and from the City of Refuge each day. Gustavo rode La Bestia for 27 days after Hurricane Katrina in order to help rebuild New Orleans. He was living in Mississippi for four years until, as he describes it, he was deported by President Obama. Now he has a job with IMI building a city of refuge here in Honduras. Gustavo and his brothers are concrete artisans, and they did most of the work on this awesome new art and music room complex. Jorge is employed by IMI as a tío, which loosely translated means uncle. He's actually part of the Honduran IMI therapeutic team that provides 24-hour direct supervision, tutoring, and behavioral support for the boys in their dorm. Jorge is a Labestia survivor as well. The cousin he rode with was not. He was beheaded by narcos in Mexico. 
This is Josue. He's a little bit hyper and loves hugs. He lives at the city of refuge because his mother was killed while attempting to immigrate to the U.S. These young victims of Mexican sex trafficking fared even worse. Please understand, this is not hyperbole, and I'm not trying to freak people out. What I'm attempting to do is to lend some perspective to what IMI is actually doing. As Christians, we need to understand that there's more at stake in terms of immigration than the American way of life. We're fighting for the lives and the futures of innocent children. All we are asking is for the means and opportunities. What happens to kids in Honduras, United States? Now we're working in an orphanage in Africa. Just started it a couple weeks ago. If we don't take kids in, what three things happen? They, they die of starvation. What's the second thing that happens? Sold sex trafficking. Or number three, they join a... And then they die in prison. What does the government do to help? Nothing. They're the problem. And so I believe it's the job of the church to fight evil. Amen. So, um, Pastor, I'm going to talk a little bit about the offering. Um, two things. One is, we want to build a church on the property. We've got the land already, and we want to make it a beloved church. And so, if you want, when they take up the offering, if you write down church, our ministry will double whatever you guys give for the church, and we'll make it a beloved church. And so, excited about that. Or, if you want to give to the safe houses that we have in Missouri, Iowa, um, and... Um, um, Hawaii, just put down safe house on the offering and we'll put it toward that. We're about $15,000 away from finishing our safe house in Missouri. We already got girls ready to move in. We just got to get it done. The big expense is the sewage system. So pastor's going to come up and talk about the offering. I'm going to come back and pray for people. Then you guys can go to picnic or stay and get prayed for, or I'll pray for you at the picnic. So we'll talk about that in a second, but go ahead, pastor. Thank you so much for sharing this time with us as we have encountered Jesus Christ through the ministry of his life-changing word. If you would like to learn more about Steve Castle Ministries and Beloved Church, you can go online to stevecastle.com or belovedchurchillinois.com. You can also contact us at 815-990-0367. Always remember that you are a part of the Beloved Family of God, and Beloved Church is the place where you are greatly loved. Now please open your heart to receive as Pastor Steve proclaims the blessing of the Father over your life. I pray, I declare that above all things that you allow the finished work of the cross to bring prosperity into your finances and also divine health prospering your body and all of these things are going to affect you in a supernatural way as you allow your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions and your personality to be perfected in prosperity that the Father desires for you to have. We love you and we cannot wait to see and be with you again soon. Goodbye, beloved.